We had a scheduling conflict. This episode's not what we promised. We're sorry now, now, about oh. how that happened. So please enjoy something else. <laughs> don't don't worry. You know, lest you are you know distressed to know that today is not going to be Milf Manor. We are going to have Milf Manor next week. Yes, it's going to be okay. We just we're all adults with complicated adult lives. And we, we got some stuff figured out. So it's going to be okay. It's going to yeah. be all right. So don't worry, everybody. We are, in fact, still doing that. It's just we had to reschedule some stuff. And instead, we're recording in two days. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Instead, we're talking about something, I I would argue, almost as much of an emotional roller coaster as Milf Manor was. Um, it, it's significantly less time, so that there there's the advantage. But first, yeah. Sorry, anything interesting happened to you this week other than our our constant rescheduling? Um, well, this actually happened last week, but I, Strauss, you already know this story. I I have to tell my my really really um interesting story from last week. So uh, I went out to sushi with a friend for for their birthday, uh, me and a couple other friends to celebrate. And we're sitting there in the restaurant. We're at the table closest to the door and the door opens and who walks in but Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. So this leads to an important three questions I have for you in in this situation. A, how was her chopstick game? Um, I, I didn't see much of it. She was sitting at a table very far away from me. Um, she strikes me as the kind of woman who eats sushi with a fork and a knife. Um, if she eats sushi at all. Uh, so I, I couldn't really tell. Okay, number two. Did you attempt to poison her with fugu? Um, they didn't have any fugu at the restaurant, unfortunately. We are in a landlocked state. This so is true. That, I wasn't that was sure. very hard to get. Otherwise, I would have. Finally, most importantly... Did you attempt to challenge her to a duel with a children's card game? <laughs> you know, now now that you mention it, I'm really sad that I didn't do that. Well, too bad. You could have maybe sent her to the Shadow Realm. I I would have that that would have been great. Um she's very short actually. I'm like a full head taller than her. You're also just yeah. really tall. I I I'm I'm very large, but she's like <sighs> There, there are some short people who are definitely short because they are closer to hell, and and she would be one of them. <laughs> oh, I, I concur. It's just that I just wanted to be remind, re- reminding the audience that you are in fact the tall, skinny one of the short, fat one, tall, skinny one duo that we are. I, I am the papyrus to your sans undertale. It's true. This is. I, I just want that to be remembered by all peoples who listen to the to this podcast. That yes, Sardo is is actually rather tall. You're like six I, I'm foot one. I'm six one. Yeah, so uh, the same height as Goro Majima from from the Yakuza various series. other notably tall people who are tall. Also, yeah, but... hi, welcome to the Skeleton Crew podcast. Um, we're hi. your hosts. That's our cold open, I guess. <laughs> it, that is. Um, I'm Sardo. That's Strauss. Hi, uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> We are skeletons. 
We we are. I mean, everybody's a skeleton technically, but we're more in touch with our skeletonness than I, I, feel, I think. Well, no, most people are weird, f- small, fleshy things in skeletal mechs surrounded by flesh shields. Bunch of freaks. Yeah, we're just straight up skeletons. Anyway, folks, yeah. uh, today we are talking about the movie Vampire's Kiss. Yes. Because we ha- we had to panically decide on something to do. <laughs> Because we and had to reschedule, I, and not not that that's a problem. I don't want to make our uh, future guests feel like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. It's like no, we we had to panic because we suddenly had to do what we usually do, which is panic to find a topic <laughs> at the last our minute. Our future guest has a busy ass life, so we we can we can understand. <laughs> Unlike us, who hang around in a dingy basement underneath the Cochise Mountains, making... that's all we do all day. Baking very crusty bread. I want some crusty bread. That would be. Crazy. But yeah, we're we're talking about the movie Vampire's Kiss, nineteen eighty nine. No, uh, with uh, the nineteen eighty eight's Vampire. Nineteen eighty eight. I'm sorry. Nineteen eighty eight. My research is giving me different dates. Nineteen eighty eight. Thank you. Nineteen eighty eight's Vampire Kiss, starring the one and only Nicholas Cage. Have you ever heard of this guy? <laughs> I feel like asking if someone has heard of Nicolas Cage at this point is an insult to the world of acting. (laughs) But, okay, so, Strauss, before we we delve into the movie, I want to ask you a very important question. This determines your entire personality and how I will judge you from now on. Uh, When when you arrive at the afterlife, I will greet you there and I will ask you what your favorite Nicolas Cage movie is. And that determines where you go into the underworld or whatever. Uh, what what is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? I don't know. I think it might be Raising Arizona. Good choice. You get to live. <laughs> uh, thanks. I guess even in death, I still get to live. That, that's great. Um, mine is Mandy. I think, uh, like, in terms of, like, his good movies that he's done mandy is like top notch con air also pretty good <laughs> con air is also a solid choice mostly for the hair yes um third place is probably wild at heart there's also in turn when it comes to at least nicholas cage movies i would say also up there i never saw leaving las vegas but he won an oscar for it it's pretty good um there's also, oh God, and the, the name escapes me, but it's the movie where he plays like an ambulance driver. Uh, let me, let me check it out. Bringing Out the Dead. Bringing Out the Dead was a 1999 movie. Damn good. Patricia Arquette, Ving Rhames, John Goodman, and Nicolas Cage. And it's, it's a very good drama about like burnout and trauma and all the stuff that goes with being a paramedic. Uh, in New York City, also. He finds himself there a lot. New York City. <laughs> um, he's also in Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes, he is. Not sure well, I mean, do we want to count into the Spider-Verse? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay, then that's also one of them. He um, was my favorite Spider-Man in that. He's definitely one of the better ones. Uh, let's see. I'm just seeing what else he's been in because it's been a while since I've said. But yeah, I'd probably go with Raising Arizona off the, like, top of my head. 
like gun to my head type of pick. Though a uh, special <laughs> shout out to the soundtrack to Valley Girl. Yes. Because you know, Sardo, I do melt with you uh, into a pu- into a gross, disgusting puddle. Oh, I love Evangelion. <laughs> uh, well, okay, that was our quota for modern English that we promised we were going to do. <laughs> yes, this was decided yesterday. <laughs> Mo- modern English, the soundtrack to all my favorite Taco Bell commercials. Bum, bum, bum. Dum, so, dum, dum, dum. Vampire's Kiss um, is a vampire movie. Debatably. Maybe. Uh, well, okay, so I, I guess we'll just do a quick rundown of the plot of Vampire's Kiss. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays a guy named Peter Lowell. He's a literary agent in New York City. And uh, he's a yuppie. Oh, he's a major yuppie. Because it's 1988, and he's just... Every yuppie, he, like, does cocaine. He's annoying. He wears a suit and tie to everything. Like, he has one outfit in this entire movie, and it's the same suit and tie from start to finish. He never changes, like, into a casual outfit. It's either him in a state of undress or a suit. And and like all good yuppies, uh, when he's actually at work, he doesn't really do anything other than sit at his desk and yell at people. Yeah, he just yells at this one... I think she's supposed to be Puerto Rican, but she's played by a Cuban. Mm-hmm. I looked up who yeah, it was. Yeah, Alma. Alva. 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 Thank no, you. No, uh, half the time he says Alba. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to tell with... with... Nicolas Cage puts on a real interesting accent for this movie. <laughs> Well, he's also caught in between, like, at, at the point in, when this movie came out, uh, Nicolas Cage, so it was shot in, like, 19... Oh, God, you're right. It does say two different things. It says 88 and 89. I was right. I was well, right. Well, no, it's just that one... Okay, hold on. The, the Wikipedia article says 88, and so does IMDB, so I'm pretty sure it's 88. It's probably 88, but but I, I was right in that it was the different sources were saying different things. Yeah, okay. That's fair. So this was, at this point, he was still pretty young. He Because we, Nicolas Cage at this point was, when that movie was filmed, was probably 23. So he's still caught in between, like, young Nicolas Cage voice and, like, what would become what he sounds like for the rest of his life Nicolas Cage voice and I have to opine very briefly because you mentioned this when we were discussing this that Nicolas Cage did have a brief period as a heartthrob yeah okay so for those who don't know Nicolas Cage is also a Coppola so this would be the first vampire movie a Coppola was involved with secret Nepo baby (laughs) well in fairness he calls himself Nicolas Cage to not be a Nepo baby so true at least he acknowledges, like, no, no, I, I want to be legit. Give the guy credit for yeah. trying. But yes, he is related to Francis Ford Coppola and Sofia Coppola as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Making him the best actor of the three of them. Yes. Not hard since two of them are directors and Sofia had to pinch hit on that one. Yeah. But yeah, so Nicolas Cage at this point, 
he did the movie Valley Girl where he was a teen heartthrob, which we might have to watch just because that concept is hilarious to us. We need to see that again. It's been a bit. It has an awesome soundtrack, though, of, like, new wave post-punk music, so that's neat. The, the soundtrack is very good. But, uh, anyway, uh, Nicolas Cage is a yuppie. He's annoying, and he gets bit by this one lady at one point, and he starts thinking he's a vampire. And it's not really ever confirmed, denied that he's a vampire. It's all kind of a mystery up to the very end. It's it's very clear towards the end that he's just having a, a increased mental breakdown. But it's never said outright that, no, he's not a vampire. Yes, he is. It's it's kind of left up to you to decide, though, though all signs point to no. All sides point to know, especially the part where he's arguing towards a wall, which he believes is his therapist. Right. And as as his mental health declines and as he falls deeper into his assumed vampirism, his harassment of this one co-worker, Alva, gets worse and worse. And this this movie is very interesting to watch because it it intersperses between these bits of Nicolas Cage being hilarious and you know doing bizarre shit and and then him subjecting this woman to absolutely horrifying treatment and um I'm going to go ahead and do a bit of a content warning for listeners that there's going to be discussion of work pro- workplace harassment and you know violence of all varieties and and probably some some sexual harassment there too as well because a lot of this goes into like the awful awful shit that men can get away with and especially could get away with in that time period. So it's I'm, the I'm, late gonna, I'm gonna say that. And he's a yuppie there who has a lot of money, and she is a Latina woman just trying to make it on her own. And this this movie like really seesaws between like and genuinely like gut punch horrifying yeah i, I mean it, i think it, the, i think the best way to discuss this movie in a more because we're going to try to do this by instead of doing a full recap here mm-hmm. where i think we should do this as a more holistic approach yes and just kind of state nicholas cage like if you ever wonder what the best nicholas cage freakout movie is it's this one it is because he's going full, like, wild man. I'd say Mandy gives this one a run for the money just in terms of, like, there's there's fewer moments of him freaking out, and they're more, like, polished, but there there is some, like, balls to the wall, him screaming and crying in his underwear in a bathroom and drinking vodka straight from a bottle, but we'll, we'll not get into Mandy right now. <laughs> I think the best way to really approach Vampire's Kiss as, you know, you you probably never seen it. Mm-hmm. If you're an average person or and instead of us who stays up late and watches movies with other people like a crazy person, on the other hand. <laughs> that, on the other hand, we've seen a bunch of those. But, you know... If, if you're the average person on the internet who isn't overly interested in Nicolas Cage, you've still probably seen the clip of the scene of him running down the streets of New York screaming, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Or the you know. other clip where he's just going absolute ham towards his therapist about 
how a file is missing. A, B, C, D, E, and that's me, the librarian. <laughs> or you've seen the meme of his eyes going wide it's like, and giving In, the crazy face. Him making the face. Yeah, if, you, if you've seen the meme face of Nicolas Cage, then this is the movie it's from. Yeah. Like, straight and up, this is the movie where it's from. <laughs> it's it's Nicolas Cage, it is most inherently memeable. It, it is. And we, we want to make mention that this is us basically going, man, man's doing doing the hard work. He's, he, he is putting his whole ass into this performance. He's putting both cheeks and the taint into this performance. Yeah, he really is putting both ass cheeks in here, isn't he? I'm sorry for mentioning Nicolas Cage's taint on the podcast. Uh, it's fine. It's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> That's not the weirdest but, thing he's done on screen. After all, here so, he kills a person by biting them too much. He does do that. But I, I guess, so we, we're getting a little into kind of the, the story that, you know, Nicolas Cage is this yuppie guy and... His his first real run-in with like vampirism is that a um he has a vampire bat. Well, he he brings this woman home for a hookup. They're doing what they do, and a bat flies in through his open window. And, and I I, I, I want to mention as someone who's had a bat fly in towards them uh, late at night. Uh, definitely not something you're ever really prepped for. No, probably not. And that happened I've never to me had twice. That happen to me. Uh, yeah. It, 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 well, okay. So what what was happening to me? And unlike Nicolas Cage, was that I was watching the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics, late at oh. night because that's when they were airing. As you do. Well, yeah. That's what. I mean, I was used to it. I watched Japanese wrestling at one point, so <laughs> this was like mm-hmm. part for the course for me. And it was still earlier in the evening. So I'm watching it, and then suddenly a bat came into the house. I was like, ah, it's a bat. How the hell did you get in here? And I was like, bat, go this way. He, he, don't not die in here, bat. You must go outside. And the bat flew outside. And then like two days later, it happened again. I was like, ah, again. Now, how, how does this keep do happening? You, do you think, Strauss, that bat was a vampire, and they were trying to turn you into a vampire too? No. Because the bat was very confused, had no idea where to go. Maybe it was just a vampire that was really bad at their job. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, because I you've you've got some interesting takes on this particular movie because it takes place in New York City, and you lived in New York for a while. I, I, first off, I believe you mean New York City. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah, no, as a guy who lived in New York City for about, like, three years and done a lot of stuff at night, I lived in and around New York City for about seven, though. And, mm. uh, you, like, I, if you've lived in New York, wild shit happens all the time. It's a big city with a shit ton of people and a very dense po- population center. To, to give people an idea of, like, how weird it can get, like, I would say Nick, a guy like Nick Cage running down the street shouting he's a vampire at, like, 3 a.m. is, like, fifth on the weirdest shit I've seen happen in New York City, just walking down the street. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's fifth place. Up there with uh, the time I saw a guy loudly arguing with a guy in a car and with his girlfriend about how the guy in the car was not allowed to treat her like that and he, she should stand up for himself very angrily. Okay. Like, points to the man. He was like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't let him talk to you that way type of, type of accent, too. Just, just to right. really push it home. Of course. So, what was the weirdest thing you saw when you were when you were living in okay, New York? Okay, S since you asked, and this this is what it, it what it's like actually living in New York, people. Just so we're clear, um, I was on the shuttle between uh, Times Square and the uh, uh, Grand Central Station. Mm -hmm. I was heading back to Grand Central because I needed to go to the east side of New York. And of all things, I ran this guy. I saw this guy earlier. He was walking around with like his face in like a binder. And he was like this hippie looking guy with a dyed black mullet that parted into three sort of ponytail things. And wearing like a peace uh -huh. sign shirt that was tie dyed. You know, weird looking motherfucker. But I'm like, okay, that guy looks weird. I didn't know why he was, his face was stuck in this binder. But I'm like, maybe he just doesn't know where the fuck he's going. And he has a map. And he's weird. Okay. You know, I'm just assuming he's a normal motherfucker, you know? Yeah. So I, I get on the shuttle. I'm like sitting across this place. And he gets up. And he starts like proselytizing about it. Like, we need... Children to become angels or whatever it was. It was like, uh, like I, I was like, and like one girl was about to get up, and mom was like, nope. <laughs> it's like don't. <laughs> and like he started explaining that he wasn't, he couldn't look people in the face because the devils would get him or whatever. And so basically, he was staring into a blank binder that was tie dyed. <laughs> I ran into this guy three more times before I moved from New York. I think at that point, they become, like, not just a person you've seen that's, like, a recurring NPC in Yakuza. Yeah, exactly. Like, I ran into this guy, like, two more times. I'm like, I remember I was eating at a sh the Shake Shack on uh, East, I think it was, it's East 86th Street near, right off of Lexington between, like, third avenue in lexington mm -hmm. and you know what's the funniest part like i'm eating what? there with my family i'm like oh god it's that motherfucker again <laughs> you know him i i wish i didn't i don't know his name but i don't love him and, and here's the thing if you'd run into him a fourth time after that you would have had to fight him and he would have yeah. been a really difficult boss fight yeah, uh, or a really easy one depending on uh the comedy for that one segment but he would have dropped a really interesting item when you beat him yes but yeah that that sounds about right for uh for new york city from what i've heard of it i've i've never been there i've my my experience with the east coast is minimal and confined mostly to the southern part of the u.s so we wouldn't wouldn't know too much yeah, but New York is a weird place. So what Nick Cage spends most of the movie doing is only kind of sort of weird until it gets extra weird when he starts the murder. He he does begin does begin maybe murdering, maybe not. And I was 
joking to a friend when I was watching this again recently that um, this felt like I, I didn't know when this was made versus when American Psycho was made because this felt like it was like a spoof of American Psycho. And lo and behold, American Psycho came out in 2000. Christian Bale had used Nicolas Cage's performance in this film as inspiration for his role as Patrick Bateman. It makes a lot of but, sense. It really does. It's like, there's some stuff that beat for beat. It's like, that's American Psycho. <laughs> no, well, I think what really makes this, because for those who've never seen American Psycho, uh, Christian Bale plays a yuppie. Yeah. Who goes off the deep end. Who? Well, he's already been off the deep end for a long time. True. And it's... He's, he's this guy who's who's a sociopath, and maybe he kills people, maybe it's all in his head, but either way, he's, like, he's not a very pleasant person. Yeah, and th that's sort of the thing, is that he's not pleasant. And Nicolas Cage is in this movie isn't pleasant either, and especially if you are the poor Hispanic woman who was probably supposed to be Puerto Rican, but played by yeah. Cuba. Named Alva, who is his secretary, who he just torments, like, all the time. And Alva is played by Maria Conchita Alonso, and she does a fantastic job. Like, I... She absolutely sells it in this, like, horrible movie. She Her acting is so good. And her character is just... She's so sweet, and she's just trying her goddamn best. <laughs> Yeah, it's and just... you you really feel for her right from the jump. And, and if it sounds like we're kind of rambly, there's basically only like four locations in this entire movie. Nah, technically yeah. five. First one is the office. The other one mm -hmm. is uh, Nicholas Cage's character's Peter Lowell's uh, therapist office, uh, Alva's home, and the clubs of New York and the streets of New York. Yes. And that's basically where we spend most of the time. Pretty much. Like, there's some in-between points, but they're really not important. <laughs> but Nicolas Cage's character, so he, he has the, the bat fly into his home, and he, um, he has a real weird reaction to it. Uh, he gets turned on by it, basically. And that sets the stage for him being visited by this mysterious woman played by Jennifer Beals and she's a vampire and she bites him and after that he starts showing signs potentially of vampirism he's wearing his sunglasses indoors he's having these really off behaviors and he's getting more aggressive and more just erratic <laughs> Basically, the the best way to describe the movie is you're just watching a dude absolutely lose it in real time. Yes. And that's basically and... what's happening. That that's the plot of Vampire's Kiss is Nick's Cage character loses his mind, starts thinking he's a vampire, and because he's not, obviously, by the end of the movie it's very clear that he's not a vampire. Right. A lot, though there's a lot of this movie with Nick Cage in his underwear. But and not shirtless, I, I was... which is important. 
No, just just in his underwear. And I, I, I want to opine that, yes, he had a brief heartthrob phase, but I think Nicolas Cage is one of those people that really grew into their looks as they got older because he's not a good-looking guy in this. He's... Well, no, the problem is, his, number his one, the first problem, it's his hair. His, his hair looks bad. His eyebrows need to be plucked in the middle so badly. <laughs> He looks I mean, like a caveman. I'm pretty sure part of this was just Nick Cage doing that on purpose because, yeah. well, everything Nick Cage apparently has some amount of purpose to it. Which is the terrifying part of Nick Cage's power. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's well, so scary. He's scary because all things he does, he does on purpose and with ideas. <laughs> and then he wears like this... He's also kind of skinny in this movie, probably because yeah. his character does cocaine, so he probably drops some weight. Yeah. It's just, this entire movie is watching a yuppie go nuts and then kill, assault his co-worker, poor Alva. And then... He... Go for it. Give Alva some credit, though, because... You know, Alva doesn't really have the chance to stand up for herself very often because he is in a position of power over here. And, like, I, I want to go on to hypothesize later that in in a way, intentionally or not, Vampire's Kiss is just an extended sermon on, like, the, the amount of, like, blatant out there shit that powerful dudes are allowed to get away with, like, in front of everybody. And, and it gets laughed about of... later on in... Yes. In a different meeting. But at one point, Nicolas Cage is, like, deep in, like, vampire mode. And he, like, actually, because he's he's given Alva this, like, awful, tedious task of finding this one document in this huge ancient file. And she hasn't found it yet. And he he gets so angry with her, he leaps up on a desk and he jumps over the desk and he starts chasing her and he chases her all the way into the bathroom and she she pulls out a gun she pulls a gun out of her purse and she's like if you take one step more towards me i will shoot you and i i really like alva <laughs> no my favorite part there there are several scenes of this movie that are absolutely hilarious for like being weirdly encouraging if you take it completely out of context mhm First one belongs to Alva's mother talking to Alva. It's like, a lot of people hate their bosses, dear. And she, I'm like, she ain't wrong. <laughs> she, she's not wrong. Not, not the rest of that she said about going back to work, but it's just like, she ain't wrong that, like, hey, a lot of people hate their bosses. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be the first person to hate their boss and still work for them because you need money. The other one is when Nick Cage apologizes and brings her back to work. Where he's like, I thought you said you didn't care about the files. Like, oh, Alva's silly. It doesn't mean we're not going to do our jobs. <laughs> and that file is somewhere in there. <laughs> and stripped from context, like, though, there's a few minutes of that where he's, like, trying to make nice with her and, like, bring her back to work. That it's like, oh, okay. But, like, put together with the entire context of the movie, it is... There are moments in this movie that are genuinely terrifying on a psychological level. And it's... 
Vampire's Kiss is a scary movie in places. It, it's a very strange movie that sadly could never be made anymore because it's too weird. And like, people these days are cowards, afraid to take a risk. They don't want to have Nicolas Cage be in his underwear for like a good solid 40% of this film. <laughs> no one's the ready fools. for it. But yeah, basically, uh, Nicolas Cage, he destroys his apartment, he ruins his life, and then he murders a lady in a nightclub. He does. He bites a woman and, like, tears out her throat. And then he loses it so completely that he's trying to find someone to kill him with a stake. And <laughs> it's really funny to watch. <laughs> kill me! Kill me! <laughs> it's just like... I like this random people and they're just like, man, I, I gotta go somewhere else. And and he's wandering the streets of New York, New York with like this makeshift wooden stake that he's pulled together, like trying to get people to kill him. He got from a pallet that he tore off like 20 minutes earlier in the film. And then he, and, and, uh, and he's also still covered in blood, by the way. And like, oh yeah. The same suit and tie he's been wearing the whole movie looks absolutely silly. He he looks like he smells so great. <laughs> and uh, then he's killed in his apartment by Alva's brother. Yay! By pushing the stake through his heart very, very weakly. <laughs> You really didn't have to do much, but it was nice to see. It was it's so funny when you watch it and you're in, in motion, it's like it's like it's that noise. No, it's not like I mean, it wasn't even with a lot of force, it was just like lightly pushes it down. It's like pushing a plank through cardboard or through through foam or something. It's It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird movie. It, and and also um in, in the midst of his breakdown uh so in the movie Nicolas Cage eats a cockroach and in real life in that scene Nicolas Cage ate a cockroach a live a one. real one a live a live cockroach because it's Nicolas Cage this is what and he does. I believe he was made to do it two or three times because it was a trained cockroach and it was trained to like scuttle here and there and like do specific things and its trainer was so pissed off that he had to do it like three takes and he once said about the experience every muscle in my body didn't want to do it but i did it anyway <laughs> and it's like why the fuck did you do it you didn't have to do that i don't have a stunt man <laughs> but yeah so i think really Okay, Sardo, I think here comes the next important question. What's your thoughts on the idea? Is Vampire Kiss good? As, if with, as with many things, as I am a, a thinking man's man, I have complicated feelings about Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I... <laughs> he, going back and watching it recently was super interesting. Because on one hand, it's like, I, I'm biased. And inherently, I like anything with Nicolas Cage in it. And I tend to think that anything with it 
I mean, it's a little a little funny by its very nature because he's a guy who's kind of inclined towards comedy. Um, there was also a bit in this, and I I think it was like maybe a personal element for me because I've not not to dive too deep into things. I've had some stuff in my past at work where I I did have a coworker who was harassing me not not to the level that his character harasses alva in this obviously yeah i don't think he went to your house (laughs) no i hope not but um it it was it was a very like very psychologically draining and scary experience and i think they actually um there's some bits in this that they get that very well um they they do a good job of capturing kind of what that feels like and it was i thought it was well done and i think again it's kind of an interesting potential commentary on on that sort of thing and how that stuff goes unchecked and kind of laughed off but also it was a little tiny bit triggering i think um i i definitely like kind of had to sit there and think like how do i feel about this because that was yeah it, it was it was a lot to take in but i overall um is it a good movie? It depends on what you're going in there looking for. Like, yeah, I feel like when it comes to Vampire's Kiss, if you're expecting this to be like cinema, not really, no. It's, But I feel like it was, did it do, I think, what it set out to accomplish? And I'd say yes. I'm not sure if it did or did not, but it definitely did something right. I, I think it kind of, it did the job. I mean, especially looking at this compared to its later predecessor, American Psycho, I think both went after sort of the same theme, the same tone, and and they got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, Strauss? Do you think this was a good movie? I think it's an okay movie. <laughs> That's it, fair. It, it's more of, it's held up because Nicolas Cage is going full ham at times in this movie. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Nicolas Cage, if, if this was done by a less in absurd actor, we would never have been watching this movie. Yeah, a lesser actor could never. Yeah. A lesser person could never do what Nicolas Cage does in this movie. I think that's a fair way to put it. And I think, to their credit, a lot of the supporting cast does a great job. Um... Maria Conchita Alonso, like I said, and then Jennifer Beals. Um, Elizabeth Ashley's great as his psychologist. And I, I think overall, like, there's there's a pretty good supporting cast, like, buttressing this. Because, again, it, it, Nicolas Cage is what makes this, yes. But I don't think he could have done it without without that support. Yeah. Like, but just what I think. it's a weird movie. Also, uh, Alonso herself is actually like 10 years older than Nicolas Cage. Well, she looks amazing. Well, it's what being Cuban does to a person. Yes. She, she's a very pretty lady. Yeah, it's this. It also, it's a very 80s movie because everyone's fashion is from like 1980s, from like the late to mid 80s. The, the clothing is incredible (laughs) like the first time we see alva on screen her like in her like shoulders on her outfit are square (laughs) 
She's a rectangle. <laughs> she she's dressed like a rectangle. And and none of Nicolas Cage's suits fit him. He reminds me a little bit of uh, David Byrne in the big suit. <laughs> it, it, it was the eighties. Do a lot of coke, and we're not. We're we're just ba- just wear baggy clothing. Weirdly baggy suits. <laughs> Nothing is tailored. <laughs> Nothing. Also, interesting factoid, um, the char- the scene where the Peter Lowe character is eating the cockroach is actually a send-up to uh, Bram Stoker's ca- uh, Dracula and the character of uh, Renfield. I thought that was cool. Neat. But yeah, and, um, I-, I think the best way for us to sum up Vampire's Kiss is you should maybe watch it. If you want to watch Nicolas Cage at his most memeable, this is the movie for you. Yes. Um it it does get extremely dark in places, so like go in knowing that. <laughs> is this going just going know that at one point Peter Lowell, as played by Nicolas Cage, kinda sorta assaults Alva. He does. And, and it's he... kinda sexual. I, I'm not sure if it is sexual assault only because it it's it's heavily implied. Mostly because he's just going to try to suck her blood, so technically it's just physical assault. But it's, it's it's weird. It's it's a little it's a little bit of both. It's and a little it's, bit of both, and it's kinda hard to classify, and it's deeply uncomfortable. There's some stuff that is like not especially pleasant to watch in that. So I mean if if that's, you know, not something that you're you know, you, you can stomach, then I would advise maybe skipping this one. That said, other than that, you could just watch the highlight reel. Yes. Uh, you could always watch that. That's great. Watching Nicolas Cage go A, B, C, D, E. That's right, Peter. You know the alphabet. <laughs> I didn't do it. I never did anything ever. Oh, God. It also makes you remind you that, wow, remember when we used to have to, like, file things physically? Oh. <laughs> And that's why they can't find it. Um, also, I, I want to um, read this thing on uh, IMDb on the trivia page. Go uh, for it. Cannot, cannot vouch for the truthfulness of it. I, I don't know. Anybody can put anything on MT, uh, IMDb. But um, according to associate producer and casting director Marcia Shulman, in order to get turned on, Nick... E- Nick Cage asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes while he was doing a love scene with Jennifer Beals. I don't know how true that is, but that that sounds right. <laughs> I don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to know if that's true or not, because I'm not sure which answer is funnier. Heat yogurt. Like, number one, and the reason why I, I want to say that it's, I, I, I don't want to know if it's true or not. It's because I'm not sure if it's funnier that someone actually came up with that or if that's true and have to imagine it. Because what a weirdly specific thing. It is. It's like, the problem is it's Nicolas Cage, so there is like a percentage chance that that's legit. I can believe it. Exactly. I don't want to, but I can believe it. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it, but it's just like, do I want to believe it? Oh, no. I'm, just, I'm imagining him, you know, produ- approaching the director like, Marcia, listen, I, I need this to happen for this to work. Part of the craft. 
God, it's it's a weird it's a weird movie, man. It, definitely a movie that doesn't get made anymore because it's not that high budget and actually takes place and is shot around New York City. Also, um, reading things that doubt, but would be funny if, if true, Sylvester Stallone was considered for the role of Peter Lowe. Hi, Mildew. <laughs> God. Could you imagine this movie starring Sylvester Stallone in, like, a suit that doesn't really fit him because he's too large? <laughs> this is the era he was making shit, like, over the top. I'm... I'm trying to picture this, like, and, and the, the, the quotes, but with his voice. And, and my my Sly Stallone impression is not good enough for me to attempt that, but just, just picture it in your head. It's really good. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. find it, Alva. <laughs> Sorry, that's not... I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, Vampire's Kiss. Is it worth it? Kinda, yeah, I guess. It it depends. It depends on depends on the person. <laughs> it's an odd, odd, odd movie. You just if if you're willing to kind of just accept it for what it is and not ask too many questions, then I think it's a pretty good watch. I tend to turn my brain off when I watch a lot of movies, so. Um, but Strauss, thank you for talking about this with me. Um, oh, it was also, I, I, uh, I, I do have one thing to say. I had to watch mine with ads in, like, the filming. So every so often, a, mo a scene would end and it'd be, like, a Viator commercial. And I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> it's an experience, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But yeah, no, no problem. I, I had no problem watching this movie again. Yeah. Now to watch Renfield, which I still haven't seen yet. Well, uh, yeah, we we need to watch Renfield. We'll probably do that at some point, but I know our next thing to watch together will be probably Cyberpunk 2077's anime adaptation, Edge Runners. Yeah. That or it's Akudama Drive, which I realize both have the case of, huh, I need to stop picking things that have endings. <laughs> Anyway, I, I'm, uh, I'm since like... we're wrapped up that section, hey, Sardo, I have a question for hmm. you. The hell well, you've been watching? Oh, golly, that's a good question. Um... I like the segments back. <laughs> hey, call back to that. Um, I'm finally getting around to watching Bungo Stray Dogs, oh, which has been that? very interesting, Something that a, something that a good friend of mine really enjoys, and it's like... I'm gonna give that a try. Um, I'm only a few episodes in, but I like it so far. Yeah, yeah. It's good. interesting. Yeah, another friend of mine really likes that. I never got around to watching it, because much like everything else, when people ask me, have you seen this? And the answer is, probably no. Yeah. For uh, but... me, uh, I've been watching Mashal. Magic and Muscles. Oh, yes. It, 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 what if Harry Potter was... Instead of a wizard, a not wizard, who is really, really strong. So, what if Harry Potter was good? Is yes. what I'm getting. Yes. One of the first few things that happens is he can't open doors because his his thoughts are head empty 
No thoughts. Oh, I love him. No, no, it, it gets better because Mash, uh, the main character, mm-hmm. uh, they have a sorting hat scene. And, you know, everyone has like, ah, this is what you're thinking. And the, the, he touches the skeletal horse. And he uh, reads his mind, and all he thinks is of cream puffs, which is his favorite thing. I like him so much. You would like Mashal. It's it's totally, it's goofy. It's kind of like One Punch Man, if you ever watched any One Punch Man. Uh, of course I have. Well, yeah, then it's kind of like One Punch Man, but instead of Saitama being kind of just a normal ass guy who happens to be stupidly powerful it's a very dumb version of that (laughs) which means i like it even better (laughs) it's even better because uh the most recent episode which came out uh uh, this saturday which is today for us has a moment that is really funny where the, the the main female lead or side character lemon burst in the room and it's all four other guys she's like four guys Oh no, you beast! And everyone, everyone I was watching it with was like, "Lemon." But this means that they're one guy short of a five guys. No burgers and fries. <laughs> it's just really funny because everyone's like, "Bonk, bonk, bonk," and I'm like, "Hey, don't judge her. She just sure she wants to be the center of attention between four men." <laughs> Let a girl live. Let a girl live with her fantasies of wanting to be. In the middle of a gangbang. <laughs> or she just wants some five guys. Is that so wrong? Uh, she definitely wants five guys, apparently. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. It sounds really good. It, it is. It, it's definitely very goofy. It, it's, you know, it's not meant to be taken super seriously. Also. And the the so joke I- that Mashal strength defies logic will always be hilarious. Kind of like how the joke of Saitama being stupidly powerful never really gets old. I think it's just, it's a good comedy bit in general. Like, way too strong is always funny. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know what it is? It's also a lot like uh, Way of the House Husband. Where it's like, it it has really one joke, but it's a good joke. And it doesn't get old. And also, uh, I need to show you this image. I will have you describe it for the audience. So I, I okay, okay, everyone. I am sending Sardo an image that came from today's episode. Okay, <laughs> so it's it's a shark with a very intense look on its face, holding a fishing rod, and it's saying, "All right, I will get serious about this." I mean, it's a magic wand, but it might, oh, same okay. same thing in this universe. Everyone just uses magic for everything, unless you're Mashal, unless you're dear Mashburn Dread, who does not have magic. He has no magic. He's just that the the swirling things is him quickly swimming around. Like a crazy person. I see. Well, I I definitely need to watch this then. Oh yeah, t- totally worth watching. It's a goofy show. Also, speaking of stuff that's coming out that I'm really excited about, um, have you seen the trailer for Delicious in Dungeons anime? Oh, I'm 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 excited for that. I didn't I didn't need to see the trailer. I already read like the first volume. I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I can't wait. 
this elf girl is definitely the best girl. I, I she seems like a girl you would like. <laughs> well, uh, she's been described as sopping wet and a fail, a fail wife, so I think she's something she's, you would also like. She's so pathetic. <laughs> uh... But I'm I'm very excited for the Delicious and Dungeon adaptation. I think it should be very good. It looks very nice. I'm excited and... for that. Um, uh, I'm I'm dreading this Sunday for Saleta Sunday. As the G Witch March continues. <laughs> How bad does it hurt you so far, Strauss? Um. Well, last episode was definitely a case of wow. I didn't know they could punch her even farther down. I guess we didn't reach the bottom of this barrel. <laughs> My poor, poor Takuni child. We thought we reached the bottom. Somebody threw us a god dang shovel. <laughs> and said, get digging. And get bent. <laughs> so, can can we include things we've been reading? Yeah, in sure, what absolutely. The hell you have, have you read anything fun as of late? I have. I, I wanted to talk about this because I I don't watch a ton, but I read a shitload. And I just got um The Yakuza's Bias Volume 1. And Strauss, have you heard of The Yakuza's Bias? No, I haven't. What is that? Uh, it's it's a manga by Teki Yatsuda. Uh, started out as a webcomic. And it's about a top Yakuza enforcer named Ken Kaneshiro. He lives for his job. He's extremely dedicated, very feared. And his boss's daughter has him accompany her to this K-pop concert one evening. And he goes to see the concert and he becomes completely obsessed with this idol named Jun. And he's like, he becomes a stan basically. And his whole life is like spent like obsessing over this singer. And it's it's a little like Way of the House Husband in tone. The art's beautiful. It's very, very silly. And very good. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. I, I, I would recommend, for sure. Let's see what else. Have there's been anything? Oh, I gotta mention something. I've been watching a, a new YouTube channel called DN Reacts, which is two British guys who can be best described by the term blokes. <laughs> learning about North American sports. I like them. No, you would love them. They're, it's Nick and Damo. I, I'm going to have to check these guys yeah, out. Yeah, I'll say, when... I'll, 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 we'll watch an episode once we're done recording together. I, I want to see these lads. Yeah, they, they're very much going to be described by the term lads or blokes. It's and... my favorite kind of guy. Hi, everyone. Yeah, uh... It's, 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 it's very, they're very fun and they're, they're just kind of like, ha 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 ha. This is, they've, and they're actually trying to understand it. They're like taking it seriously, which is great. Awesome. They're just, the, the, once you see it, you'll be like, yes, the blokes. But yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. It is. It is. Um, let's see, anything else? Well, there is one thing. And we I'm surprised we haven't mentioned yet. So Sardo has hmm. been uh, dealing with Tears of the Kingdom memes infecting the entire internet. 
as somebody who hasn't played the game because I don't have a Switch, it's been interesting. Um, I really like this tall, furry dude that everybody seems obsessed with. Uh, he looks cool. Uh, I uh, beat it last night. <laughs> What'd you think? Uh, it's a good game. It's a good game. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on, but everybody seems to really be having a good time, and that's all that matters. It, it, it truly, truly, we've entered into what if Gary's mod but Zelda? <laughs> what if Gary's mod but Zelda? I've I've seen a few memes regarding that, and I'm I'm a little sad I can't play this right now because it does look fun. I you would love it just for the sheer insanity. You, you'd probably be like me, where it's like, look, I made a tower. And then you look over to the next person over. It's like, I've made an entire civilization built around this one mechanic. And you're like, huh. I like, I like my tower. I like my wizard's tower. That, that, that's me playing Minecraft. It's like, I've built a large gray tower in the middle of this island. Everyone else. I've reproduced the entirety of Notre Dame Cathedral as it was in 1774. Complete with every statue before the eyes got scratched out by... by the revolution. And you're just like... Huh. Well, that's the thing. Some people are built different, and some people build different. And that's alright. People definitely build different. <laughs> I've seen some wild shit. <laughs> Me too. All just to torture Koroks. I don't know why. <laughs> They're not even that annoying. Why, why do they hurt the Koroks? They seem cute. I don't know. I will say Nintendo still hasn't made a Korok plush plushie after like 20 years. So maybe that's why. Could be it. Like, l let's be honest. I would have bought him a car plushie 20, 20 years by now. <laughs> kidding do, do, do. he's a tiny little wood thing i yeah he, he's totally able to be made into a marketable plushie i'd like a majora plushie personally that could be such an easy pillow it would be nintendo hire us for your merch division we have great ideas we might only have two but they're good let us sub from your bounteous coffers we have ideas let us do it. We'll be part of your merch department from here on out, and we'll just show up in, like, our PJs once, once a month to show up to be like, make this. The internet demands so. And then we sink into the floor. Dream job. Dream job. For sure. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Have you been playing anything interesting? Not a whole lot over here. I haven't really had the chance for a lot of games lately, but uh, I am planning on doing another stream on Monday night, so that should be exciting. Gonna I, do and some I'll, more I'll be there. We're gonna be we're gonna yeah, be do, we're really? gonna be doing some double duty on Monday. We're gonna be recording and I'll be at your stream because I have nothing else better to do on a Monday evening at the moment. <laughs> Grind never stops. The hustle never stops. Hey. It's that or you show up on my stream and we watch talk about sad robots for 20 minutes. I'd be willing to do that. Oh, hell yeah. We, we might be getting to our son. Yes. We've already ran into our father. The skeletal the skeletal merchant in Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Father? 
<laughs> but yes, everyone, uh, I, I guess we can wrap this up here. It's been an hour. Yes, but... Good hour. You know, signing off, yeah. uh, that's Strauss. You can find him at Almighty Strauss on most places, mostly on Twitch, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Oh, you remembered my days. <laughs> I did. And you can find Sardo at Autopsy Garlands on Twitter, Uncle Death on Twitch, and, uh streams mondays now that like that day is monday which means est i which means sardo gets to draw requests it is his favorite activity it what's is i really your, i really i was a question what's been your favorite uh request so far you've had a lot of weird oh, ones <laughs> that's tough i i know so uh, i know mine my my three favorite of yours that you've had is number one uh, uh a skeleton uh contemplating no contemplating Prakari sweat <laughs> yes um hollow mlb hall of famer reggie jackson because not 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 because it was mine but because no one else would suggest that ever suggest that and it's weird nothing else was like it and finally um jinchio tachibana wearing i'm not the stepdad i'm the dad who stepped up with ripped sleeves that one was also that one, I, I have an affection for that one. I was super proud of that one. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to... I'm going to actually honestly have to demand that you've said that one directly to me at some point, so I just have it in my personal collection. Um, I got my iPad. I'll send it to you right now. Hell I yeah. Think contemplating Bokari Sweat was my favorite, too. It just... It, it's... That and... It, it, it's, it's a very you thing all the way yes. through but was not suggested by anyone who knew you directly that was suggested by a friend of mine who was just there at that night and it was absolutely magnificent they did a great job yeah just a um, just a perfect like weird request and i think my other runner up is probably a jaho yuan holding a rowlet uh also a good one that I, I really like that one. I've never drawn him, and, and I kind of wonder why the hell I haven't up until now, because he's fun. I, I feel like the problem is, with a lot of artists, is that, and, and this is not like a you thing, and you kind of fall into like, this is your jam, and not, yes. it's not always like, hey, maybe we should try doing something a bit different, and sometimes you, you, you just never end up doing it. Like, I should do the thing, and then you're like, no, I got to draw 20 more pictures of Chen Gong being silly. Because <laughs> it's fun and I enjoy it. Oh, no, this but is, other... it's, I want to mention this is not a criticism, but it's something I, I follow a lot of artists and I know a lot of artists and a wheelhouse is a thing. <laughs> it is. But that's why I really appreciate the, um, the sketch requests because it kind of forces me outside of my comfort zone and it makes me draw some stuff that I really find it's like, this is fun. Yeah, it's, so it, up there with having to draw like a thumbnail a week has also, I think, been probably the most fun you've had as an artist this year. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, it's like I have to come up with a weird idea every week. <laughs> and as a reminder, people, I don't tell Sardo what to do on these things. I maybe like offer. I think I've offered a suggestion one time. <laughs> yeah. That all these things. This is a pure sardo relations of and ideas and they're great i've not been dissatisfied once i am very happy to hear that 
but I mean, if if y'all ever want to want to come on, like I'm I'm doing free requests, silly little sketches, and I I really enjoy it. So like, it 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 makes me happy when people request things. So like, please come on, you're terrific. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm there. If you want to hear us and both, there. and and I'm there. Some most some now more than ever. <laughs> We and and we we talk about some silly bullshit. That we do. That's that's our specialty. Yeah. But on that note, folks, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening, as always. Yeah. And uh, 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 subscribe to the channel to get yes. You so you can be updated on this. Listen to us on the RSS feed or the Spotify. We're not planning to get popular, but if we do. Watch out, we will absolutely spend that money on, on a gold statue of ourselves with a bunch of money. It'll be great. And our and our secretary say it's ugly. And and she's probably right. <laughs> and we'll have a chicken named Nugget. <laughs> and he'll be in real estate. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, goodbye oh, though. Good night, folks. Bye-bye. We gotta go watch I... some British people watch baseball. Yay. Bye-bye. Baseball. Oh, that's a baseball. <laughs>